There was a historic upset called eight years ago by one Juliana Pena on this fateful show. And I only know that because Raph does his research, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way predictable even eight years ago from outside the cage. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, the man that did the homework, Raph. How are you this evening? I'm good. You were the one that asked the question, though, because I know it's very uh, normal for people like Sean Evans, who host Hot Ones, to do an Explain That Graham segment. But we used to do a segment called Rep That Tweet, which bears a certain similarity. But I'll let him go because I really like that kid. I would say that you, when we brought on Juliana Pena, and again, this is eight years ago, when she was on The Ultimate Fighter, you read her resume and you said, you know, on here it talks about you considering yourself a champion. And it's very much in line with what Dana was saying this weekend, which was, you know, she's always believed in herself. First time she introduced herself to me, she was like, I'm going to be a champion. Give me a fight. And I was like, oh, who's this chick? So it is very much the narrative they were spinning this weekend. But I went back, I re-listened to it, and... It was truly something to behold that somebody who obviously came on our show and was very nice said something that plays super well all these years later. So uh, from our perspective, we were very pleased for her, even though people on this show didn't go for her. Uh, yeah, we well, it's not just you. <laughs> it's not just you, though. I, I did try my best to warn everybody and. And that became a big conversation for contention at this weekend's fight companion. I'll get into that as well. But anyway, Kev, we have a guest on the line. And I would introduce him and say a lot of words, but I've just been feeling like I should do less prep. I feel like if you do less prep and say more ridiculous things, you probably get paid more and better gigs. So fuck it. Note cards be damned. Here's a host of a show. I think he was on the one last week. Ladies and gents, it's Dan Tom. Congrats. What's up? I'm just here for the Dana White impressions. It's one of my favorite features of the show. <laughs> In fact, I hope to hear Dana White on the show cover. You know, I know he's more of a new metal guy, uh, guy, but maybe a little, a bit of offspring, you know, instead of the kids aren't all right, it's going to be called the kids don't want to fight by Dana White. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty, you know, this kid, he doesn't want to fight right now. That's my favorite thing to say. Uh, the other favorite thing that Dana's doing, and I don't know if you guys are catching this, but he is losing his hearing hard. And I used to think it was him just trying to duck out of questions, but now it's become so consistent that he just goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so deaf. Can you repeat that question again? And you see these poor frustrated journalists who probably, like me, thought it was a, a ruse. It was something he was leading them on to go, Dana, who fight next? Pena. Oh, Juliana Pena. You know, I don't make fights. I don't. But you got to say there's a rematch there. Eh? So that was, <laughs> that was some of what we, we overheard this weekend. So we'll start with this. You mentioned it off air. I can't believe we started with Dana's reaction to some fighters. What was Dana's <laughs> reaction to watching the franchise get finished? Oh, it was not great, but great. Because unlike me, who has 
audio proof of me saying, you guys sure? Uh, Dana White did his best to just go, you know, um, she was good. You know, you can't discount her. She's really, she's tough, man. These, these Venezuelans or what are they? Venice, Mexico, whatever she is, it's tough. Mexicans from Venice. That doesn't sound right. Can somebody say it again so I can hear it Uh, louder? (laughs) Sorry. Um, Is this in the moment? I've watched a lot of footage since, but I'm curious because you all who had the craziest crowd reaction? Who got award for craziest crowd reaction? (laughs) Oh, my God. So, okay, let me just tell Kevin uh, this one thing. Before we went to air, I said you could literally throw any question you had because he didn't get to see it because new dad, also birthday. And I said, you will be on the dartboard. I promise you this is such a wacky event that Kevin's question, which has DC levels of context here, is on the dartboard. Dan, would you like to take this one? First of all, also, ouch, heard that on the way. Go ahead, Dan. Um, (laughs) If I told you that a fighter got so excited uh, at the result of, this is a good enough hint without being too much, I guess, uh, uh, the co-main event, okay? Uh, He got so excited, and I think I already gave away the gender, so I just winded down half the field. Um, they were drunk and slipped running past security and cracked their eye open. Um, what? Someone got that injured? Fight. <laughs> <Name> that fight. <laughs> Shit, was it? I, I've been naming Sean O'Malley for all of these, but Uh-oh. it couldn't have been. A, you said drunk. Oh, mm-hmm. damn it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go just with a nice classic up the middle. He was probably there and he was probably doing his best drinking. Was it Gagey? No, but Gagey did make an appearance later. Yeah, too uh, coordinated. Too coordinated. It's probably a heavyweight. (laughs) No, actually. Gagey went face-to-face with this guy multiple times, uh, uh, not just uh, this Saturday, but pretty much every fight card we see Gagey go face-to-face with this person. You all are going to want to tell me because we are no closer. (laughs) I'll give you one last clue. That was a really good one. If I were on a game show... And people were watching at home. They'd be like, damn, that was a good hint, Dan. Kev, here's my last hint to you. Don't talk about his mother. Uh, Michael, uh, Chesa. Yeah. (laughs) He hurt him. He's pretty coordinated. He hurt himself. I don't think if you saw the footage of him going (laughs) over the barricade, which, by the way, no one stopped him there. It was only when he had his, like, drunk <laughs> you can't ow that it really came back to haunt him what he wanted to do was he's a teammate of juliana like they have history so ah. he wanted to go into the octagon and security said you fell and he goes but she's my training partner let me go in there they're like, like i'm going to remind you again you fell and it's embarrassing it's 30 28 the floor right now michael i gotta <laughs> reject you here <laughs> Like every angle, by the way, it looked like that floor was made of ice the way Kiesa was traveling on it. Like at no point did he look stable for a second. I guess I will have to take a look at this now. Well, that's awesome. That's unexpected. I was not expecting a Michael. It's just like, you know, you kind of expect Connor maybe to face play yeah. it, but I, oh. I don't think he's allowed to travel in the country yet. Don't worry. Connor also makes an appearance in this wacky night because you knew he would. Um, let me let me say this. 
we're going to circle so many topics in so many different ways. There's no way to organize this. I got to do this one right up top. DC getting knocked for not doing his homework was maybe some of the best reactions I've gotten from people because we have been on the pro anti DC train for a while. And here's why I think he is a wonderful person. However, I think he is not good at commentary. I have said he is great as a telestrator at the desk when he can talk about the moves. But when you put him on the commentary booth, it's lackluster. And Dom Cruz, in the middle of his weight cut last week, went out of his way to just say, hey, you know what? DC's not that good. He doesn't do his homework. And people went, no, don't you dare say about DC. That's rude. Don't. No, he's good. I like him. And I go, again, it's not we dislike him. It's just do more prep. Two and th- Kevin. Great. First of all, that was a very good Dominic Cruz. But second, it was also good, <laughs> good context into explaining that he was mid-weight cut. That's just the type of thing DC would notice. Go on. Well, Dominic went on the MMA Hour today and gave that context. But he said, I uttered those words out of love which I thought, oh, God, don't ever write anybody a love letter, Dom. Please don't. <laughs> Here's where we get interesting, though, Kev. Their little cage side heart-to-heart was my uh, personal favorite. This is the worst part of the whole scenario, is the fact that Michael Bisping felt like he needed to play, I guess, peacekeeper between the two of them because DC was trying to <laughs> give it back to him in that way. It's a dumb segment, but obviously they're doing it to get your attention. What I am telling you that comes from this, though, is the fact that it's the first thing that went through my mind as people were telling DC, hey, maybe you can try to learn a little bit more. We learned two things. Number one, Michael Bisping outed him and said that they paid people to watch footage for them and basically give them a report and dc admitted he did do that which again is fine that's research that's how tv works but the thing that he said that really really disrupted me was dc said yeah i stopped doing it because it costs too much kevin who had that job i was actually just about to ask dan how far down i am on his list you just got hired where you're going to call ref first. You're not going to be able to afford him. Where am I at? Like top five. Yeah. You know, I would say, uh, I would like to say, you know, top five or whatever, but I'm kind of, a fan. I was nowhere. I was nowhere near this list. And I, I, I know some people who are friends with me and friends with DC. And I, I heard nothing of this guys. I would, I would tell you if I did, I would come clean. I had some people ask if it was me. I was the mystery man, but no, I was not. How do you, been. do you like him? Because <laughs> as much as his commentary, it's his inf- when they let him interview fighters that I get uh, uh, not his skill set. So much like actually performing um, any sort of medical advice or procedures, not Joe Rogan's. The reason he talks to people in the in the cage pretty well is because he has a lot of experience doing it. Last fights pre the one right before two sixty nine, a fighter like kind of yells at DC like he represents <laughs> the media, and he's like. You all wrote me off. And DC's like, what did I do? And it's like, he doesn't mean you right now, DC. He's like talking to you. And the the fighter had to like break character and be like, you represent the people right now. I'm just yelling at the people. 
It was like, well, we're out yeah. of the moment now, DC. Right. So thanks a lot. Like you broke the third wall. Let the man scream for a minute. Be like, we're not counting you out now. But it threw DC off so much. He was like, how did you see the fight? Did it go like that? It's like, was that a question? No, I, I was listening. Uh, so you're a little closer, Dan. I don't know. What do you think? Do you like DC's commentary? Sounds like you're okay with it. Uh, I, I see. I, I've traveled from a side of the fence to your guy's side of the fence. I, I like DC as a person, as a fighter. Uh, he was friends, uh, you know, with, with a lot of my colleagues on junkie radio come, he brought us food, you know, a lot of nice things, right? Like kind of like what Raf said, but, but um, as he's gotten into the commentary, not just the commentary, but the company man esque kind of position that he's you know positioned himself that it's been tough man i'm i'm a guy who you know unfortunately i've got a lot of a little bit of dom cruise in me as far as you know i'll call things out and i feel like if you've got a bit of dom cruise in you you're you like the dom cruise side you know if you if you're someone who maybe preps or appreciates preps or you know tries at your job uh maybe you appreciate that and i feel like if you've got a bit of the dc in you i feel like those are the people who um raf may or may not have been kind of mentioning is i've seen this in different sections and different tones, but I've seen definitely a mass section of the audience going, leave DC alone. And they're bringing up bro code and all these things and say what you will on that. I would argue whatever your thoughts are on that. I feel like, you know, whatever your thoughts are on bro code or how Cruz went about it. I feel like there was more good than bad because it started a lot of conversations. Hopefully people can learn from. And yeah, I, I'm not a fan of, uh, people who don't do the prep um, and Rogan and DC have obviously been bad at that. Uh, I, I think DC learns it from Rogan. And uh, even like t- last night, I don't know if it, it, Raph, if you got this, I felt like I already expected DC, you know, to actually be like going in trying hard. Um, but I felt like Rogan, I don't know how much word he got of it or how much he pays attention, but I feel like Rogan was trying hard because he actually had notes on Tony Kelly, the first fighter of the night or, or second mm-hmm. fighter. I'm like, mm-hmm. Rogan never knows who these people are. These are peasants to Rogan. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. It might have uh, spooked everybody in the business. And you know what? Good. Yeah. My main thought on this, though, was when Dominic did it, people go, I don't know that I respect the way he did it. I was like, well, do you think that DC would have done it otherwise? And follow up to that. Am I the only person that thinks that this call out of, hey, you don't do the prep will only make DC prep less? (laughs) <laughs> that thought permeated in my head all week, which was, okay, okay, young man, I'll show you. I won't prep at all. Ugh, no. That would have been ballsy. If if he's like, you've got a Julie something fighting Mandy Noons <laughs> and seven to one underdogs, so it's going to go one way. Here this we go. reminds me, my favorite singer is Mandy Moore. Man, she's good in This Is Us, DC. I feel like John Anik already kind of calls him out already, like on a bunch of stuff, like uh, and and not trying to throw it on Anik. I love Anik. I'm just saying, like uh, as far as the names go, if, if there's an easier first name or last name, DC will always go with that, and they'll yeah. be like, DC, why don't you say this person's uh, last name? For, and he'll be like, yeah, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. And he so, goes in his whole okay. little thing. As somebody who <laughs> does some of that, I get it. Uh, that's fine. I would just tell you that mine is usually intentional. DC's (laughs) does get into a vague area of bullying in the sense of sound it out, DC, which I don't really want to go into. I would just say that 
it was blissful to hear as a person who commentary is important to and who has listened mm-hmm. to less and less commentary from the UFC over the years. And the one thing you did bring up, Anik, and again, I have respect for Anik. That's not the issue. But Anik trying to pull the middle child playing peacekeeper for a family who looks like they're about to divorce. Like, <laughs> you know, this really takes away from uh, the fighters. That's really what I was like. PR 101. Don't change the subject. Yep. Answer the fucking question. You know what yep. it is? You're right there. You know if he preps or not. You doing this is a pivot. And, sir, I do not respect that. So I was immediately like, when my friends go, Anix brought up a good point. I was like, no. He can't get Goldberg, man. He's got to be careful, Raph. Man's trying to feed his family. <laughs> like, we'll fucking send you to Bellator. You say one goddamn word about it. That's the note <laughs> and, I and gave him. Well, that's funny you bring up Goldberg, Kev, because I feel like there's there's this role, right? Like, maybe not as many cruises, which I can appreciate, because at least say what you about the cruises of the world, they tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. But there's maybe the DCs of the world that skate, and a lot of the times they have someone that enables them, right? And say what you will about Goldie, but Goldie cover. If you go back and listen to the commentary with him and Rogan, he covers Rogan's ass so much. You know, Goldie really was a team player uh, as far as to Rogan, as far as that goes, right? And I feel like there, there's always that kind of role, too. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that note. And I guess just as someone who appreciates commentary, I'll say this, because, like, I was picturing the whole time and I was laughing at that Bisping thing. But it's like, could you imagine if, like, fucking Bob Costas was calling out Bill Walton for his bullshit commentary <laughs> back in the day? And then Marv Albert, of all people, you know, fresh off biting a hooker's shoulder, comes in to, to moderate. Like, that's, like, we would have never seen that. And shit, you know? bang! That's a good point. Yes! <laughs> From the brickyard! Yes. <laughs> um, I well, I put it into context like this for two different reasons. Number one, I had a moment when I sent the article to Kevin, which was, could you imagine if I said that shit about you? Like I went on another podcast and I was just like, Kev doesn't do any prep. Like what the fuck? And then someone you- sent it to me, which is definitely what happened here. You know, someone <laughs> someone was like, hey, hey DC. Uh, did you see what Cruz said about it? He's like, no. It's like, okay, well, then this is going to be a little ironic. He is calling you out for not doing your homework. Because it was shocking how quickly Twitter agreed. That's never good. When everybody yeah. just, coverage, commentary, everybody's like, yeah, no, he is terrible. And then everyone's like, yeah, that is the problem. I was I was impressed. I want to circle back to, yes, well, sir. Raph, anytime you want to go on another podcast and make comments about me, just uh, make sure it's our friends at Penetrating BJJ. Or one oh, of those. absolutely. I will make sure of it. You know, I think that's what I'm going to do the next time I make a guest appearance. I'm going to say something that has no basis in fact. And I'm just going to go, yeah, Kevin's got this weird policy where we don't record on Thursdays. I don't know what the fuck it's about. But for the past nine years, he's just been like, no. I was like, I got a great guest. I've literally got GSP. We can do the impression. We can do the SNL mirror part. He's like, no. Couldn't make it work. I actually that would be fantastic. And frankly, I'm gonna get on a crusade later about why do they always have to have UFCs on Saturdays? It's just <laughs> really feels like for some of us with a with a thriving social club. Anyway, I'll I'll get I'll get back to that. Well, Let's get back to Pena's moment. How yes, does she armbar Amanda Nunez? I didn't even know that was physically possible. Well, she didn't armbar. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Rear naked choke. I also can't read. Go. That's another nice she skill. I didn't really do that either. Yeah. So How did Dan, she rear naked choke Amanda Nunes? Dan. Yeah, she kind of didn't do that either. But 
What she did do was she put her hand around her neck like she was going to rear naked choke. And, you know, it's like when you when you maybe you tickle your little brother, you bully him and like he knows it's coming. And sometimes before you get there, he just auto flinches. I don't know that. Am I off there? There was a lot that happened before that, clearly. But it was my defense at most jujitsu clubs. Oh, yeah. No, but there was You're there was no it. hooks. Yeah, there was no hooks or or or, or real uh, uh, hand connections from what I saw. But Nunes seemed checked out. To her words, by the way, using yes. Nunes's words, checked out. So, Kev, he's not misleading you on any part of this. He is telling you there were no hooks. It looked a little bit like, oh, this could be good if she gets some hooks in, flattens her out, really makes her. Oh, she's tapped, and. It was such an abrasive, an abrupt stop that I thought, was it a referee stoppage? Like, I don't really, I didn't see any taps. I didn't oh, even this know. this is fascinating. So it wasn't a, this, it wasn't as definitive, right, as we watched Ronda. Because oh, the only parable yeah, I have is Anderson Silva definitive. and Ronda. And no, I, no. So it, was she getting, was Nunez getting pretty well beat up as we're into the second round? Or I'm just yeah. trying to figure out. You know, how she was there? eating some shots. Some people at our viewing party said that she looked slow. That was an expression I saw by a number of people. Uh, Dan, very, very well uh, in his research, made sure to point out, yes, she did seem checked out. It just wasn't the same person. And so that is why a lot of people have been comparing this to GSP and Matt Sarah because it just felt so off. We had one gentleman... Uh, we'll put up a clip of this, but our good friend Jordan, who just recently fought over at Mama at our viewing party, who was trolling earlier in the night and was like, oh, this is definitely not going to happen. But yeah, Noons is going to win. Or I'm sorry, she's going to lose. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, uh, Noons is going to lose. Pena's the shit. And I go, he's trolling. So when it actually happened, he came up to me. And comes on the microphone and goes, apologize. I called it. <laughs> I told you that was going to happen. I was like, you prefaced it with, I'm not taking this at all seriously. Please don't take this seriously. She's not going to win. It was like, you're literally putting two different bets and saying one of them came through. You can't do that. <laughs> so then I had to set him straight. I was like, you want to know what real, real insight looks like listen to our last episode when these two guys on this show right here one who's really good at guessing and the other one you know the other one when that happened i just kind of warned you guys i was like both of you just went nope nope no way i even said i was like maybe she's gonna give us the round of her life facts and i i'm happy not think that was enough <laughs> i didn't think a round of anyone's life was enough did she wear the yeah. lioness thing? Did it, did she wear the helmet? Did that not do it? I don't think she did. I don't know. Okay. See, but, you can't with tradition. <laughs> you got to wear the big ass helmet. So my buddy Jordan was asking for all the credit in the world, but the person who had the best credit that I gave to that night was the other good friend of the show, Kevin Ross. I thought you were about said, to say yourself. I was about to oh. graph. Can we say <laughs> part? No, no, no. I, I have reluctantly <laughs> clipped my own self. To say how good I was. That's not important. Phrasing. Thank you. Uh, what Kevin said that was so apt, and maybe you'll be with me on this, Dan, is he looked and he goes, Hold on. Did Noons just do the job for Pena there? 
Now, do you understand that phraseology, Dan Tom? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Okay, can you explain what you believe it to mean? Uh, in this case, uh, and, and maybe not an exact boxcar homering for anybody that's a fan of The Simpsons, uh, but sometimes that uh, a fighter, and we, we, we see this a lot, uh, they can uh, do themselves in when they don't get the finish. Now, I'm not talking about those times where every every card or so a UFC ref will decide, I need to see someone die tonight. Those <laughs> those those times excluded. Um, we've seen it reasonably happen is what I'm talking about, you know. Um, but, yeah, and uh, you could make that argument here, certainly. Um, there were rumors of, you know, uh, Nunez not training, which I don't know. She came in with like kind of like a six pack that I haven't seen for like years. So like I, I was thinking, oh wow, look, she looks in shape, um, which you know still could have been. I'm not saying that those rumors weren't true, but if they were, that kind of fits that narrative that you're projecting. There's a lot of ways to look at it that way. So, Kev, doing the job in pro wrestling, I speak. know what it means. Oh, I oh, I watched the Andre sure, doc. Okay. You know, okay, he does well, a job then for you describe Hogan. What it means. Yes. She took a oh, dive. Oh, that kind of a job. They're saying that she took the job. nose. They, they, oh, she was okay. like, I don't need this. I I can put, uh, she was seven to one. So let's just come up with motivation first, Raph. We're yeah. trying to solve this crime, which we're not. It's not a real thing. I don't believe she took a job. I don't think she took a dive or took a Donald Cerrone that time he fought Connor. Oh. I know what you did, Donald. I know what you did. You lost me some money. I got jobbed. Not the fun kind. This <laughs> It is not in this situation, but I would, if I'm Amanda Nunez's cousin and Amanda calls, you know, we haven't talked for a while. She, well, you know, she doesn't call, but maybe a friend's like, you know, you might put that gift I gave you in your PayPal account. You can't do any of this, by the way. None of this would be legal. She'd get caught immediately. Uh, you should put it on me. I'm, I'm seven to one, but you know, maybe don't put it on me, put it on the other person. I'm not feeling that great. And then. You know, suddenly Amanda's cousin's able to re-gift her. I don't believe that would be the case, Raph, but that's the only conceptual reason I could come up with for not wanting to be this dominant anymore. A little bit of bang cunts, huh? Back from 2015, we having this kind of a controversy in a while. <laughs> wow. I totally missed this in the pro wrestling talk. Okay. It's yeah. a, it's, a, it's the old diver-roo, huh? Well, um, it's that the business has to continue on. It was something mm-hmm. that I had like pondered when I saw Anderson Silva was giving his aura to each fighter and was just like, you run now, you me. <laughs> and you just go, oh, wait, what? Were you <laughs> trying to win? No. Okay, thank you, Anderson Silva. I appreciate that. You are vaguely Mario from but Super Mario. I like, I, I enjoyed it. It sounded spot on to me. I, <laughs> I like the idea of like the fighters because there's only like two other fighters I yeah, mean, maybe three, but John was never able to uh, stay out of the courtroom long enough to to have this kind of dominance in a single run. It's really yeah. just Silva and Rousey, and none of us thought Rousey took a dive, though. You know, she might have to her acting career. She was like, "How much can I make in the <laughs> WWE? Are you joking? <laughs> Goodbye." <laughs> Actually, I like that. That's a fun one for me. Coming up with the motivation to this bullshit's mm, really easy and quite hilarious. It is true. And then Anderson I like Silva. Re- Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I like, I like, no, no, I was saying uh, to, to, to the Anderson Silva point, I like Raph's kind of, uh, it is suspect. You're, you're right. Because like, I thought it was sentimental. He's like, now it's your time to be champ. But like, after he said that, to, like seven fighters in the row, like if I was Uriah Hall, I'd be like, Andy, <laughs> this is what you tell all the girls. <laughs> exactly. I know what you tell them. I can hear you. The camera's right there. Now <laughs> with Amanda Nunes, 
there was a little bit of a talk, and I think this is what you are picking up in your research. Excellent work, as always. Which is that Juliana Pena, in her post-presser, was saying, yeah, I was finding out from her camp she wasn't training. And they would say, oh, yeah, she's definitely... Because she was outlining the process that it took for her to get this match. She was saying all the way back at UFC 200, afternoons beat Misha Tate. It was like, oh, well, Juliana Pena's next. Then it became like, ooh, Ronda Rousey, why not? Let's just bring her back in, because she deserves it. Not really, but... uh. And she was saying ever since then, she's been trying to get the shot that she really felt like she deserved. And I understand that. I understand being promised something and feeling like you deserve it. And then even worse, when you are going to get it, there are a couple delays due to COVID. So it's very terrible. I'd argue, though, these delays probably worked in Kenya's favor. I'm not saying it's the reason if it's legit. I'm saying it could be a factor. But Pena was outlining the fact that she had heard rumors from the inside of Nunes' camp, and they denied it, but that she wasn't training. And so at a certain point, she's like, she's probably just not taking me seriously. So it's been interesting. She detailed that she was like, yeah, I had this choke that we were ready for, and that's what we were going to do. And I go, you know what? I don't know any different. Sure. That I would tell is 100% you hundred percent what I would say, by the way, regardless of how the fight ended, that would be the first thing out of my mouth. Like I meant to choke Dan's ass out just the way I did. No hooks, <laughs> arm only felt good. Look good. Then you got to credit that, uh, that Steven Seagal impersonator guy who's doing all the self-defense tactics as, as oh, your key uh, corner man, you know, who gave you the technique. You're hitting one of my favorite topics. Cause our friend Marcus Goal, who runs systems training center is like, always trying to discredit those videos. And I, <laughs> I like seeing him rail about this guy's crap techniques for 20 minutes. And then I see it on I'm like, wait, is he at the football game tonight? And he was. So that's great. Uh, good <laughs> news to you though, Kevin, you only see it last week. I went to go train down at systems and somehow that conversation came up. In fact, I'm pretty sure he shoehorned <laughs> it in and he goes, Hey, um, Ralph, have you seen, uh, that, that Detroit, I was like, I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> and he goes, no, but like, isn't it, it's bullshit, dude. Don't give this dude a piece of your time. And he's like, I'm just saying like people, they could actually get hurt, you know? And I go, no, they aren't because nobody is trying to shin guard somebody while on the floor to prevent a gunshot. Like, dude, this dude is laughing at least, and again, I think we, we've mentioned this on some telecasts, but one of our friends over the Jiu-Jitsu Times, Kit did an analysis, and he's like, I bet you this guy is making, at the very minimum on YouTube standards, 15K from his videos because they did 1.4 million views. Now, I can't substantiate any of that, but it seems likely. And those videos have been cranked out. And it got to the point where people were sending it to us in the DMs that I said, no more. Don't send me this bullshit. Because at least when I'm doing them, I always go, oh, that's funny or that's pretty good. And I don't feel like I need to give participation trophies to people when they send us videos. And I go, I have nothing for this. They're like, look how funny it is. It applies to jujitsu. Don't care. It's a cousin (laughs) of those awesome videos when it's like weightlifter gets ass kicked by purple belt in gym. Mm -hmm. Those were great. Those were fun. Those are a little bit more like storm the dojo type thing. That's what I need here. 
because yeah though um i love the self-defense videos in general but yeah. sadly i i just can't after i watched a nfl wide receiver do it as a celebration ref really cut the edge <laughs> off good for them it just it's it's making heroes out of stupid people and people Chucky always wonder like oh sorry go ahead i thought i was yeah no, the no, no, that's that. a terrible cut you off 10 seconds <laughs> early <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just people, you cannot complain about making stupid people famous when you yourselves are doing that. So stop. No, Don't make us. I, I'm trying to stop, but I cover, I cover the UFC. What do you want me to do? Rap? I'm not oh, yelling oh, you're at not you, to me. Sorry, sorry. This <laughs> isn't sorry. about you, but if it applies to you, rinse and repeat, it's fine. Kevin pivot to the fucking first fight. Chucky Olives knocked out my favorite documentarian star in, well, excuse me, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this now, so just uh, settle in. Rear naked choked him, I guess. Which, I got, I, this, the, the Juliana Pena fight was ruined for me um, due to what I think was satellite radio. And I'm really pissed about that. This one... I saw the clips and it was like the first thing that popped up in my newsfeed was Poirier offers to donate money to Charlie Oliveira's like in the cage. Fuck you. If you beat me for the belt and then choke me unconscious, Raph, I'm not donating to your charity. That's what I'm I have taking 20,000 from your charity. Fuck you. What happened? What happened to the diamond? Uh, man. <laughs> Well, you see, uh, the diamond came out and did some diamond things uh, in the first round, and it was looking good. But uh, even though he won the round with some knockdowns, uh, old Chucky Olives uh, got you know got it slippery in there, got got Dustin going on the back foot, and uh, next thing you know, there may have been some omoplatas with some uh, hooking of the gloves, like a geese leave or not, and people were getting really upset about. And the second round, and then the third round, it was over. Yeah, Kev, I wish I could impart on you um, how he was gripping, and I mean Chucky Olives, was gripping the glove. And then, oddly, Dustin did like a front roll to get out of it, even though most of his arm was out. And people were just like, just pull your arm out. And I said, you know what? I can't fault Dustin for this. I think the overall thing that I want to impart to you, Kevin, is that it was sad. And here's why it's sad. We all like Charles Oliveira. We were saying last week that we were hyped for this fight. We knew in the back of our heads someone had to lose. And I think that a lot of people let their love of the heart of Dustin Poirier cloud their betting brains. Because we had a lot of people who were like on our survey saying, no, Dustin's going to win this one. And I go, Why? And they go, he's just, he's going to win because he's a good person. He deserves it. And I go, oh, no, please don't do that. That's going to make no. us really sad. So guess what, Kev? When this motherfucker lost, and I mean motherfucker in the most respectful way, he went to the post presser like a grown-up and ate it in front of press row. And when I mean he ate it, press row was not throwing him hard questions. They just kind of said, hey, man, it was a hard night. Tell us how you feel. And Dustin's voice already starts cracking. And there's a lot of honesty that pours out. 
the first of which is him saying, you know, it, it sucks and it wasn't what I wanted. And, you know, it's just frustrating because, um, you know, you fight for a title twice and you don't win, you come up short. So, you know, you kind of get there and you don't know what's going to happen next. So, you know, maybe, I mean, I could, I could come back and fight, you know, if that's what my heart wants to do, but I think I got to take some time. Yeah. I got to take some time, guys. Like, everybody just bawling. It's like, no, Dustin, you're a great fighter. We love you. It's a good fight, Charity. You're such a good guy. Why did you offer to give him 20K? And then when he answered, he's like, you know, he's been through a lot, and I respect him, and he's a warrior, and I want to, you know, I saw some documentary stuff that they were putting on him on the Embeddeds, so I wanted to support his cause in Brazil. So if he didn't break your heart with, losing he definitely broke your heart by keeping true to his character as a good person afterwards so it's tough man and i don't you know if i'm him or his coaches let's say i'm his coaches i'm telling him like dude you need to stay quick question just quick how we got to get back into speech writing for some of these fighters because how much would his stock have risen if at the end he was like but at least i still knocked out that irish bitch and then walked off the cage. <laughs> there was a okay, so he said, This is how I knew I was in for a rough week. I had a feel I was like, dude, I'm feeling like Chucky Olives is gonna continue. And I think he's gonna get a submission. And I was saying it in private to people, and I was just like, Listen, I just got that feeling, man. Most submissions, it just seems like a likely bet. We've seen Dustin get submitted before. I'm a little concerned. But I hope it's a good fight. And it was. It was a great fight to watch. I would say though, Kevin it's just it was so brutal and you could see it happen and him talking about it backstage he was just kind of like you know what it sucks and i don't know what i'm gonna do maybe i go somewhere else because they were saying what are you gonna do are you gonna go to a different uh weight class and what i'm trying to say here is no 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 stay around because he mentioned that week when he goes yeah, it used to be 15 minutes or 25 minutes to prove I'm worthy to be in that ring. Now it's 25 minutes to eternity. And he was thinking about his future because that's a goal he really wanted. I still think it's a goal he really wants. I think he just knows it's a lot of wear and tear and he hates a lot of the bullshit. Dan, I'm going to turn this to you in a second, but Dan I want to finish the this olives. Yeah, He did. But I want to very quickly say, if you are his coach... How do you go about convincing him to stay in it? Because you get dum-dums like Conor McGregor who say, oh, I should get that title shot against Oliveira. And all of us go, because? Then you get Justin Gagey, who Dustin has beaten, who is promising severe violence to Chucky Olives. And we have seen stranger things happen in many different divisions. Lo and behold, the female division just this past weekend, if you are Dustin Poirier, in my belief, you stick around and you wait. What do you think? I think uh, I think the only way to get him to wait, if I'm you know the, the hypothetical, honestly, is just going to be one word, and that, that that's money. That's the only thing that can convince him. Um, I'm with you on the heartbreak because it wasn't the reason why I was picking. Um, mine was mainly just kind of directionality. We saw some of that, although I was wrong on the body work. 
that was all Chucky Owens. I thought DP was going to have that body work. But here's the thing is in a lot of the interviews, I, I felt like he was trying to convince himself um, that he was into it. And that was something I was looking for because if you guys go back and watch, I want to say it's the second McGregor fight, the one that happened the very beginning of the year, not the leg break, the we, uh, the the air quotes clean KO or whatever that he got in the, the rematch. If you keep watching on Fight Pass, um, Poye goes over to Cormier in the broadcast booth while they're getting things in order, getting ready to do the announcement. And he goes, I don't love this anymore. I don't. Uh, he goes, he, you know, and he, he, he admitted that he, did, he, does, he doesn't love the game the same way anymore. And, um, you know, we've seen that before. I think, you know, really random. I think Frankie Perez, super really random UFC fighter. Like, we've seen fighters like this retire after both wins or losses because I think it's not, it's not about the result. It's coming off that anxiety and just being so glad you're done with it. You're like, okay, I'm not doing another jiu-jitsu tournament or I'm not doing another fight, which is, you know, 10x, like a grappling tournament feel, right? Um, I, I get that. And so I wasn't sure if he was speaking emotionally or if something was there. And I was almost heartbreaking. I wish he was faking it 100% because, like Raf said, the realness that he came with the end there, boy, did that hit hard. And just to wrap it around and answer, I think, honestly, it, money is the only way. And that's not even a guarantee, right? It's going to be up to him. But I think money is the only way you can convince him is just for money fights. I really do feel you got to appeal to this guy's sportsmanship and knowing, hey, man, you and Gagey, you and Chandler, you and mm. Connor. The next in line, you've beaten. And things get weird for some of these journeymen that they call, so quote-unquote. You know, if he's talking about his heroes like Bisping and Lawler, like, they really did stick around. And it really was part of the key of success. Because you could say the same thing about Pena, where people wrote her off. Where she hmm. did take a loss to Jermaine Durandi, which, again, still a Jackson 5 name. I want to make sure, though... <laughs> that when you get those moments, you, I think he went into depth on why he felt that way about it, why it was killing him. And he said something to the effect of, he hates all the bullshit of week of fight, but that he loves the fight. And that to me makes perfect sense. So I think he's come to a better place. And that night I was pretty assured. I was like, nah, I feel we're going to see you fight. It's just a matter of where and when. And hmm. I felt like, yeah, he still hates this but the fact that, that this is like the second kind of choke for him uh that he had to to, to get submitted with it's like mm, mm, mm. i think he wants a different way to go sure. so uh that that's my appeal um let's do this did you have anything that you saw that you thought were good implications for the rest of that division uh before we jump to another fight dan um, good implication for us. I mean, I, I just think that, you know, Charles Oliveira is always going to be in fun fights. I feel like people hopefully will start to give him more respect because I feel like that was a big thing. Not a lot of people were giving him respect, but a lot of it because of the narrative you say, said, and I don't know. I'm, I'm really going to hope that I see Charles Oliveira. He doesn't have to win it, but he better be on some fighter of the year list. Cause again, I'm not going to pull a Dom Cruz here, guys. I'm not saying, you know, this could be any group. Uh, I could, you know, a group of friends, a group I work with, and I work for a couple different places. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not saying what, but there may or may not have been a group that I, I, I recently kind of went off on, and I was like, listen, um, come award time, if I don't hear the names Glover Teixeira or Du Bronx even mentioned as nominations, I'm going to be upset because we've all been following the sport long enough to know that these things don't generally happen, uh, aside from maybe some of the exceptions that Raf laid out. And I may or may not have gotten this group to kind of meet me in the middle and say, okay, 
how about, uh, you know, they may or may not have been leading to, to Poirier all, all the way here. And they're like, how about the Poirier du Bronx winner? So I'm, I'm hoping I, I see a lot of places giving um, Charles Oliveira some love because I feel like coming out of this, like I heard like a podcast early, like 20 minutes and like, they were talking about how how can they get Connor or Dustin and Gaethje back in the title picture, and there was barely any talk about Dubronx. I'm like, wait a minute, are we still gonna make the same mistake again after all this? So I hope people don't do that. Yeah, Kev, he beat everybody. Um, hold on, before we start rapid fire through other fights, do you all want to know how many news outlets I can name that covered the story of just what Connor said that night? Mm, all of them. The Mirror, oh. Daily Mail, MMA Junkie, MMA Mania, MMA News, MMA Weekly, <laughs> TMZ, MMA News. The Sun got involved, and this is where we go back before the fight to MMA Junkie that started with Conor McGregor's next fight. How will UFC 269 impact what he does? Which is one of my favorites. I always, I'm in on these. I'm in. I'm just reminding people why he gets talked about so frequently. Because, one, we talk about him, and two... Apparently, that still gets the ratings. It was a hot take. You knew it on ESPN. All right. Help me get through <laughs> the rest of these fights. Ooh, before we go on that, though, Kev, I want to tell you about another L that DC took this week. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite photo meme of the week. It was during one of their ESPN, let's give out shout outs to the, the fighter of the year, this very conversation that we're having. Mm-hmm. And DC named Cyril as his guy yes yeah, Cyril gain as his guy and justin gagey gave the <laughs> most realistic what the fuck you talking about look and i thought to myself yes normalize this normalize telling this man when he is wrong it is so beautiful because in a world that we all lived in this past year when Dan has eloquently put, Oh, here's, I don't know, maybe Charles Glover, I guess. Okay. How about maybe we look at the winner of this fight? That's a good medium. DC's like Cyril. And you go, <laughs> huh? Like no disrespect to that man. But what about these other people? Cyril. Hmm. Justin Gagey was all of us in that moment. Now let's rapid fire. Yes. yes. All right. Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzi scheme. What did you take away from this one, Dan? Uh, again, man, if you let Jeff Neal behind the wheel for too long, you know, you're not going to get, you know, favorable results. And I don't, I don't know about 30, 27. I could see an argument for that, but I, I did score it for Neal for whatever that's worth. This was a split decision outcome and uh, not much to say. I don't think it was quite as boring of a sparring match as I read. Cause I had to watch this kind of like postmortem. Yeah. But it wasn't a great fight by any means, especially in comparison to the card. Agree. Kaikara France did what we all needed him to do to Cody Garbrandt because. <laughs> yes. Somebody asked me this, Kevin. They said, what do you think is next for Cody Garbrandt? They said that same thing that I was talking about. Fox with News. Dustin Poirier. I thought about that. No, don't. <laughs> don't leave me astray. But I thought, what's maybe slightly above Fox News? And they looked and they said, well, what would you tell them to do? I'd go, oh, bare knuckle fighting. Oh, BKFC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they go, why would you have them do that? And I said, uh, they're like, yeah, aren't you worried to get fucking knocked out again? I go, in fact, I'm counting on it, but make more money doing it now. And they said, yeah, but then he'd take more concussions. And I was like, is Cody 
known for his stellar brain? Am I missing something here? No. Fighter who like fight make more money good now, please, before die. Can I piggyback eh? on that idea with one of their please. other recent signees? Why don't we just have him and um Who's the crazy guy with the eye tattoo? Mike. Uh, Are you talking about Mike Perry? Mike Perry. Let's just. I was gonna say Mike. I was like per- Mike Perry. Let's just have them fight every month, right? For a year. <laughs> Mike's trying, man. He's in that crowd and he's trying to give you your bang for your buck, my friend. So Cody got uh, an eye tattoo. So there's there's that. He's ooh, he's making his way there. Battle of the eye tattoos. That would be a fun. I just those two. If they were like Kevin. You know how you complain you've never seen two fighters just fight like it's, uh, you know, they're the only two that exist in the world? We're going <laughs> to solve that. You're going to get to see this 12 straight. I feel like by fight seven, we'd really see something interesting. But, you know, just an experiment. I mean, Kev, the other thing they're taking into consideration in the past five years, no love is one in five in the UFC. Mm. No, so, I, hey, I'm going to successfully be picking against him when he's on the undercard next. Thank you. Uh, which, by the way, is a good way to always transition to Dom Cruz. Uh, but we'll get to him in a second. Dan, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, I'll just I'll just add that the the BKFC thing would be good because it would help uh, Garbrandt's side business. Like it totally fits the image that he wants to keep. I don't know if you guys know about his uh, mutated puppy mill of uh, of dogs that he likes to uh, puppies that he likes to mutate and make look tough. Um, but at least good thing for Cody is that since I don't know how long he's going to have a UFC contract, at least he gets all the profit for these ridiculously grossly overpriced dogs that he furthers the bullshit stigma of. Um, and none of the, none of the proceeds go to charity or any good cause. They all go back to his pocket. So, um, don't feel too bad for Cody Garbrandt, although bad news. I'm sorry if I dropped that for you animals, uh, lovers out there who, uh, have actually have experience with bully breeds like I do. Yeah, don't worry about it. You are 100% in line here. I mean, you could pick anything on the wheel of, I don't need to like this guy. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Just... Sorry, I said to throw that in there. I just, no. I, it was news to me. Apparently, a lot of people knew this already, but I, I found it on my, my old good old research going on the Instagram. And I was like, I am glad that I already picked and bet against you. So now I know that it's not biased. And if it cashes, I will feel extra good, which is why I may or may not have posted a pictures of my dog celebrating Kai Kara France's win. Oh. That's actually pretty adorable <laughs> if I'm thinking about it. Now I put that together. Yeah, you did actually. Yep. I would tell you this. Um, you know, the hardest part about research is it only sets you up to hate these people. It does. 100%. It does. So, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the page looking at the logo. and uh, oh no. It looks like Mel Gibson designed this website. That is not a good logo. <laughs> Kevin, it was his passion. You take that back. His second passion. I'm sorry. I didn't really phrase that right. Kev, I'm going to go down a few of these uh, these as well. Sean O'Malley. Okay. Wins by Let's punches. Yay. He does. And he beat up a dude who was actually, you know, kind of surprised they had to fight. I'm going to say this. Did you see the picture of him with Pete Davidson Friday night? I did. I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I was just about to see if there was. I was hoping Davidson would be like, what? <laughs> but no. No. At this point. Pete Davidson is living all of the lives. Uh, somebody put up a thing that said, you know, if Pete Davidson can get Kim Kardashian, you can get forklifts certified, which I think is a very funny joke. It feels good, actually. Yeah. Dan, um, I'm going to start. Well, you know what? I'm going to give this one to Kevin first. Then I'm going to come to you, Dan. Just straight shooting right now, Kevin. And answer as honestly as possible. Would you confuse... Sean O'Malley 
with John Jones? I like to think I would not. Okay, because Sean O'Malley went on the anti-DC train and says that that's part of the reason he believes that DC speaks so ill of him is that he reminds him of a young John Jones. Well, see, just when I think I, I've heard all the takes on DC, <laughs> you take me down a, a winding road that I'm not sure is paved <laughs> and definitely has some problematic people trying to sell me something on the side. That is so bizarre. <laughs> wow, what a take. I, I'm impressed. Shit that comes out of <laughs> Sean O'Malley's mouth sometimes. Yep. It's awesome. I, I yeah. missed that. I missed that rap, but I will say I felt like Joe Rogan had some of his worst commentary of the night that was not favorable to O'Malley. So I'm looking forward to O'Malley to go back to listen to it because not only did he trash DC, but he goes, I love you, Joe Rogan, like he always does. And I'm like, I don't know if you're going to love him after he heard, <laughs> after he heard you, you know, uh, you know, uh, misappropriate and say, because Rogan said, uh, yeah, leg kicks is how he got hurt. And, you know, you don't say that to O'Malley because O'Malley's going to point to the fact that my leg actually got gave it out when I was shuffling outside the fence. There was no kicks thrown. Yeah. And I'm um, like, I wonder if he's going to call Rogan out on that like he does everybody else. Hmm. Hey, listen, you know, if they're talking about you, it's good business. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that's that's where he's at at this point. True. Uh, I would say this. The one thing that Dana said that gave me a little bit of pause was he goes, you know, Sean, ugh, you know, the thing about this guy is with Sean, he really wants money. And uh, now we got to get him a top ranked person because, yeah, earlier in the week I said maybe we shouldn't throw <laughs> hard people at him. But I mean, now we we might. But he wants to get paid. That's one thing you need to know about him. And I was like, is that one thing you need to know about all the fighters? <laughs> one thing you need to know. Like, about- why the fuck does that become a distinguishing trait for just this one dude? This guy asked for a raise, so watch out. <laughs> so fuck, I, man. I, I do appreciate the fact that that was uttered in his, what are you going to do with them next? I don't know. We'll figure it out. So that was interesting to see. Uh, rapid fire. Josh Emmett defeats Dan Ige. Yeah, he and, does. Uh, that was pretty <laughs> True pretty American. True know. American indeed. It was an interesting fight. Uh, Dom Cruz uh, survives a pretty weird first round to then outlast Pedro Munoz. And uh, I believe this one got fight of the night. It did. It did. Okay. So it was interesting, Kev. I mean, people were saying this is vintage Dom Cruz. And I have to say the thing that I appreciated about this one was I felt like Dom Cruz's footwork is something that people have kind of figured out over the years. They've just watched him very well. There's a lot of tape you can see about that young man uh, going out there and doing his thing. But uh, his perseverance and his way to, to push through the real missed opportunity here from the UFC was, is that they didn't have DC go and interview him. And I said, this is a mistake. Couldn't agree more. It would have been great if he got in there and they had to do it, but it's, I don't think Rogan would allow it. No, just from a, he'd throw his tanned body in front of it. I found myself rooting for Dom Cruz. Hey. Purely because I was like, I, I don't care what he's going through. Weight cut wise, thank you for calling DC out. That was fun. So I appreciate yeah, 180, and, right? And and Dan, you were the one that was saying last week that you are a Dom Cruz apologist. At any point after doing the show with us, you hear him talk about DC. Does that stuff get in your brain? Do you start to go like, Dom, I don't, I don't need this right no. now. Can you just win for me? Because I'm just trying to bet on yeah. you, bro. 
It is, but, but uh, it, yeah, maybe uh, part of me is like selfishly. I'm like, yeah, stick it to him, Dom. Yeah, you know these 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 UFC fighters are gonna come over and take all the commentating jobs, and uh, you know, uh, you know, and and they're not even gonna do a good job at it. You tell him, Dom. But then another part of me is like. God damn it! This is the contrarian ass shit that I I go on a limb and I apologize and I defend, and uh, you know I, I I bet you people are gonna you know as I work with probably gonna be like you know that Dan Tom's off a lot like Dan, Dom Cruz, uh, so yeah part of me is like shut up Dom you're making it hard for both of us UFC yeah. fighters leave a hundred on the dresser if you're gonna treat us like this in the commentary game <laughs> I agree somebody in the comment section literally put down they go Raf should apply for that job but I go no I want Annex job. Though, that's the thing, thing Raph, is like, you understand, because you actually do it. I don't do it. I only, like, aspired to it. It was, like, my dream since childhood. But now, like, I kind of burnt out and don't even want to commentate anymore. Real talk. Uh, but that does, that being said, that doesn't mean I still don't hold the job in high esteem. And as someone who actually did the damn thing, like yourself, um, in different facets, I mean, doesn't that kind of irk you, too? I'm not, not trying to make it about you or, like, know, our selfish opinion it should, should freaking matter. But, right, isn't there a little bit of that there? No, thank you. I will make it about me. I <laughs> hear what you're saying, and the thing that disrupts me is I think bringing back the anecdote quote about being disrespectful to the athletes, I think there's no bigger disrespect than being a douchebag when they're fighting. Like, I know you got it's a long marathon. You got to make it interesting. You got to make it fun. There are different ways that I commentate and do uh presentations for so when we did the fight companion this week it's loose i'm almost interviewing the guys while also bringing out their expertise that's what the job can entail that's something that i produce so it's right it's a little more loose on the ufc you know i've asked people i had a couple of my friends say well i don't mind dc i find him entertaining and i was like cool how much do you listen to commentary eh, not much okay cool so you get the clips uh yeah okay so you aren't there for the whole 15 minutes when it gets rough, when DC starts going into talking about wrestling, when it's not wrestling, hmm? because he's giving you the insight that he has, which, okay, that's fine. If you're throwing a couple of air balls, you're on forever. It's more so when you don't do the prep and you just seem lost and that you just try to shoehorn some information that doesn't really go. So I think the hard part is the one thing I told for people is Joe, is grandfathered in probably still the standard, but in many ways, Joe was there for us when we didn't know a ton. It was still a sport we were figuring out. Now we have a bunch of people who've been doing martial arts forever where it's a little less unique and Joe may not be the person we rely on for commentary anymore, but it's a testament to how not great everybody else is that he's still kind of the standard. So, mm. I just, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think that if you're in the Anik role, it's a heavy, heavy responsibility. So I know I critique a lot of the commentary hard, but I am rooting for these people. I don't want them to be bad. I think that's a misconception. It's not, hey, you know, fuck you, you didn't pick me. It's a, if you didn't pick me, make it good. Then show me there's a reason why it's going to be the standard. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it's to show that I'm not sour grapes. Like I didn't give DC notes, but you know, I remember before I was on a military trip with Paul Felder before he had his first gig to call prelims in Pennsylvania, and uh, it just everyone did that one thing like, oh, Dan's the guy with the notes. He's the breakdown guy. Go go talk to him. 
And it was just essentially, you know, uh, me, you know, you know, talking to Paul for a little bit and going, what the fuck am I going to say to you? You're a fighter. But if you want my notes and shit that I researched, you're, you're welcome to it. Never heard from him again. I haven't talked to Paul since, but, you know, I'm not a hater. <laughs> Here's some good news, Dan. We know you haven't talked to him because yeah, Kevin has he been. He could really use some more notes, my man. Good <laughs> God. He is so bad. Paul Felder yeah. does, like, he will compliment your shorts, your corner, your family <laughs> if you don't have one. Wearing Look at that nothing. Guy. <laughs> he loves your shoes. Your jacket looks great in there. You're just crushing it. This is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. You're going to love him. Oh, he's got knocked out. Well, that helps. He's on probation. It's like, what the fuck is going on, Paul? I will oh. tell you this, Kevin. When we were off air, I think I was telling people, you know, the DC thing, but then I went and do an impression of bad Paul Felder commentary jokes. Ooh. And I just channeled the inner Kevin in me. That was just like, oh, this is a guy. Look at him. And I go, oh, my God, he's Chris Collinsworth. Oh, shit. <laughs> he Fuck. has a horse named Duke. We were talking about that this week. <laughs> he says that helps him stay focused in the cage. <laughs> Amazing. This is perfect. All right. More rapid fire. Tai Tuivasa wins. Duh. They do a shooting? Uh, by camp. Not only did he do kind of a shoey, but like, you know, when you go underneath a soda fountain when you're a kid and yes. you used to like press the things, mm -hmm. that was essentially what was happening to him. As they he was brought a beer fountain into the locker room. and a yeah, shoe they were cup. Just oh, my well, God. The UFC should really help him out here. Just have it ready. They were literally just fans who just tipped their cups and he just started going, ah, yep, yep, poured <laughs> in my mouth. And I thought this is so gross. I, every time I think like it can't get grosser, it does. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I will say coming in a close number two to Kiesa for crowd moments. I don't know if, if you caught this raft, but if you go back and watch the post-production, like before they're, uh, go, you know, letting the fighters, you know, clothe themselves and get to the official announcement between commercial breaks, uh, they have production chasing around. I, I want to know what was going on in their ears. They're going, they must have been going, I got a shoe we got here. I got a shoe we got here. And they were going <laughs> to people in the audience because Ty has been like marketing, like people come to see me knock people out and to do shoeies with me. And sure enough, there was like everyone in the audience, like holding up a shoe, like they were ready to do a shoey. except every time they went to somebody, they would have a shoe eating grin on their face and you could you could see see production talking to them from behind the camera and they're going uh i'm not really gonna do it uh, i'm not really gonna do it. i'm just gonna sit here and tease like i'm gonna do it but should i do it i don't know and it was just the most awkward i wanted to slap all these people but then again the one audience member that they did get to do it this guy gives him like himself like a shoey facial is the only way I can describe this because oh, he pours it into his shoe and then he's like, yeah, come here, camera. And he's getting all excited and everybody else is getting excited around him. And he just takes the shoe and like he must have got so much beer into this thing. And it looks like he's pouring a bucket on his face. You see people like doing a hop back to get away from behind him. Like the guy didn't even get any in his mouth. It just yeah. it was. Yeah, it was a mess. Sorry, I had, yeah. to, I had to get. No, that. no. And I'm glad that you do that. But Kev, just to kind of put it in context. It's like the people who said they were going to be slutty on singled out. And then when the camera yes. got put on them, we're like, uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to slut it up. I'm sorry. And they go, come on. You're on singled out. Jenny McCarthy has literally been just verbally stroking you off. Come on. And then the buzzer rings and they have to join the center out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's just say these Can, last ones. Hold on, real yes, quick. Yes, go ahead, Kev. I, I can't wait for the Wimbledon-like moment when Doyavasa's like going for the <laughs> heavyweight championship, and there's like 
20,000 people holding a shoe in the audience. It's going to be amazing. Second, if I'm in the UFC, I'm auctioning that spot off. And now we yeah, go to the yeah. official shoey person for this UFC fight, and I'm charging 10 grand for that spot. This shoey is brought to you by the Red Cross. That's right. The Red Cross has donated their money to go ahead and give you, <laughs> you get what a, you're looking for. They do a lot of things with soldiers. You know, bring one up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> so uh, Bruno Silva gets a, t- a TKO over a friend of the show, Jordan Wright. That was left to watch. Uh, Andre Tough Munez. moment for pretty people. It was. Yeah. Uh, Eric Anders got submitted by an armbar. Friend of the show, still Aaron Blanchfield. Other friend of the show beats Brandon Maverick via decision. Ryan Hall, um, he did win. First round, little rough, but Derek Minner made some tactical choices. I would say <laughs> where he actually, when kind of rocking Ryan Hall, would take him down. And our first thought process was, what are you doing? And I thought I was alone in this thought in this exact way until I heard Derek's coach go, what the fuck are you doing? doing and I said, oh, yes. we're on the same page. Okay, that's, yeah. that's good there. That was comforting. So Tony Kelly also gets the win, as does Robertson. Kevin, do you have results for us? I do. And real quick, I want to comment on something that's weird on ESPN. The fighters Please. that lose, they cover them in red. Or they read out yeah, their face. Yeah, yes. Like a real, it gives me a little, I don't like it. I don't like the mark on. So anyway, this was razor thin. Uh, kind of. We both had <laughs> Hall. You had Silva. I had Wright. We both had Munoz. Sorry, Dom. I had O'Malley. You had uh, Perva. Pie Perva. <laughs> um, I thought. I had Robertson and you had Cacio era, but I wrote it down. I have Cacio era. You had Robinson. So you oh, got wow. that one. Yeah. Then yeah. I had Neil. Then we both I like had, how you double down. <laughs> we both had Nunez. Um, I had Kelly. You had Costa. You said first. I said third. It was in the second. So we are good nice. at this. Uh, we both had Kai Kara France. I had Tuivasa. You had Maverick. Mostly based on names, but Blanchfield won that fight. I get that one. We both have yeah. Moonies. I have Emmett, and you, of course, have Oliveira. For a I got lost. Devastating <laughs> nine to six beat down. Because yep. don't you yeah. forget, if this is the last dance documentary, I'm Michael Jordan. I'm the one pissed <laughs> off about stuff. A victory for the ages. Well, I'm a Scottie Pippen fan, so I'll take I'll take second fiddle here. And I take and, that uh, personally. <laughs> By the way, it, it, if it makes you feel better, even if like I, I, I think the only pick I made different was O'Malley, and it didn't matter because you still you still beat me. Uh, so uh, you got to remind me what that bet is, and uh, I may or may not steal that that uh, that that shoey person's form, uh, depending on what the drink <laughs> no. is, and get more on my face than in my mouth. We'll see what the judges <laughs> say, but. <laughs> First of all, yeah, please me. do not spit in it. It makes me gag every fucking time. Not a lot of things trigger me, but when someone spits in a beer and hands it to a stranger, I'm like, oh, no, no, thank you. So just, well, we said it was a ranch water challenge. Yes. You do get extra points if you happen to do like the, I mean, if you can mimic the shoey bath, extra points. Oh my gosh. And okay. can I just say something, Dan? Yep. 
Yeah. When we did the fight companion this weekend, I sent Kevin a clip. I am not a huge in favor of spilling alcohol on yourself because the person who was hosting the fight companion uh, that we had at his gym in the Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira fight got so hype that he shook me and beer jumped out of my glass and hit my sound mixer and part of my computer. Yeah, I wanted to wipe your computer for you. Thank you. And there was a legit moment of you see my face just go, yeah, oh my God, no. And fortunately, everything's working because obviously I'm here right now. I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> um, but you know the only remedy like, I have. By the way, that, for yeah. those that haven't seen it, like one of those school volcanoes, <laughs> like it just looks like all of a sudden it erupts. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad because, Kevin, the beer that I got was a beer that's uh, a Cones of Dunshire parody. And I was really excited to drink it. And I said, oh, man, these people have good taste. They love Parks and Rec. And then I go, well, half of it is on my sound mixer. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, so, that, I, I will not get it on my electronics. But I, I do want to make sure I get the right thing. So I'm going to need one yes. of you guys to send me, like, a picture of the, of, of the product so I can, I can track this bad boy down. Dosecki's Ranch Water. Dosecki's ranch water? It, they're hard seltzers. You'll find a myriad okay. of ranch waters. I don't recommend <laughs> any of them, but I'm afraid for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How many of these do I have to drink exactly? It said six, but, you know, it sounds like the fight took uh, us in a different it. direction. Um, so if there's a Dewey Vasa funniness, I, I'm going to have to try and track those down. The uh, And Kevin. Spilling, spilling beer all over their face clip. It Can I funny. just say... There is a little bit of heartache here. I've brought this guy on twice for Dustin Poirier, and he lost once with Dustin Poirier. But Dustin Poirier lost twice when I brought him on. So I was like, I don't know if he's bad luck. For yeah, Dustin that's Poirier. true. He'll bring me back for Dustin so Poirier fights. The second thing that I realized was that his ascent also mirrored Dustin's ascent which was he won the prelim, the interim title, only to come here and lose. So, to the real just, it, yeah, it does it does hurt a little bit, Kev. I have pulled up the bet, by the way. We said we'd do like a – you drink – it was like the Dan Martinez. You like do a 20, 30-second, like just cheers to the better picker, obviously, mm. um, and, uh, you know, ranch water endorsement for just having to suffer through six of them. You don't have to show us yep. all six, but, you know. I'll just wait to the six till I record it. So exactly. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, I'm you're, in character. You're in the business. You get it. You crushed it. Yeah. Not everyone's just a bro sitting on a beach crushing natty ices in front of us. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> so Dan, before we sign off, All right. Kevin's going to give you some advice because sure. you do this for a real thing. And if there's nothing that we do on the show, not for anything else, we teach people. Kevin, what do you have for him? Well, it's to narrow it down. Because if you recall, while we were talking about the fighters, he was like, oh, you subjugate the men based off of appearance? And that was too broad, because that's not what I do. It's not what I do. Mm -hmm. I very specifically mm -hmm. subjugate them on their abs and prison tattoos. So just stay, stay focused. You know, it's 2021. You can't zoom out too much. See, I'm, I'm more of on the thighs area. And, uh, you know, read into however 
however far you want to, folks. But uh, <laughs> the thighs don't lie. <laughs> there is a um, book coming in our future called <laughs> The Art of Predicting the UFC Fights, Kinda, by Dan Kevin. It's going to be pretty raunchy, and it will be in the adult section. That will do it for us tonight, then, I believe. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. And good night. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...